before we actually do this review, I've got to say, and this is a PSA to everyone, stop fucking applauding when you're at the cinema. I do not want to hear claps if Gail does something or if Kirby comes back or whatnot. Shut the fuck up. I don't mm. care anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. my patience has worn thin over the years of going to horror <laughs> movies. Now I'm just at the point where if someone even blinks in front of me, I'm just like, shut up. Like, mm. shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why Jada Pickett Smith got killed in Scream 2. That's all I'm going to say. Like, <laughs> some girl called out. That was a good one when um, uh, Chad kissed Jenna Ortega. This review of Scream 6 does contain heavy spoilers, if not all of them. So please uh, watch with caution. Make sure you see the movie first, of course. We've also done two other recaps, one containing spoilers, the other one that doesn't contain spoilers, which are linked in the description below. So let's get into it. Now, first thoughts on Scream 6. I got to say, I was very hesitant about this one. You know, it was greenlit so quickly after Scream 5 or 5 Cream or 2022, whatever. I thought, mm, a Rush sequel? I don't know. I mean, Saw franchise, you know, six installment was actually pretty good compared to four, five, seven, Spiral, whatever. And then this one, I thought, mm, I don't know how I feel going into it. They kept doing that fucking trailer thing every time where it was just about the subway. And I'm thinking, we get it. It's New York City. It's a train. Are you going to, like, show us anything a little bit different that doesn't give away spoilers? But... You know, right off the bat, I think this is quite a strong sequel, a bit stronger than I anticipated for the sixth installment. But having seen it only a couple of days ago, I'm not sure if I would watch this movie again. I do think it was good. I just don't know if it warrants a second viewing. I felt that it was a bit too long in some parts. I didn't really care for the ghost faces, you know, after all. There, there were like 500 of them in this movie. There was the fake one at the start. There was another ghost face that got killed off camera and we see his body parts in the fridge or whatever. And then when it's revealed that, you know, plot twist, it's the family of Richie from Scream 5, I thought, okay, I get it. You know, they're trying to establish a new trilogy, if you like, with Scream 5, 6, and the upcoming Green 7, uh, Green 7 Scream 7, which is just being greenlit. But I didn't, I didn't care. I was just like, oh, okay. I kind of would have liked it if it went the whole Kirby Reed from Scream 4 has just gone mental or something and she's Ghostface or whatever. But then I don't know if I would have liked that anyway. It's mm. it's a hard sell. But, you know, I'm a fan of continuity between sequels, so I like that part. Um, Coop, I might start with you first. Uh, what were your initial thoughts after watching Scrisixum? Scrisixum, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, f- I feel like I'm still um like absorbing it at 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 the moment. I've got mainly negative feelings about it. Mm. Um, I th- yeah, I thought it I thought it looked good. It was obviously a higher budget, probably the highest budget I've seen for a screen movie, which was mm. cool. Yeah. Um, but I had a lot of issues with with the story, and I feel like when they were putting it together, it was kind of very rushed. Um, and yeah, I won't delve too much until we get to sort of like best and worst parts because I've got, I've got some shit to say. So, um, yeah. Nice. And BP likewise, cause I know you saw this last night, same time as Coop. Uh, what are your initial thoughts as well? Yeah, I was hesitant. Like it was going to be a, um, Halloween to Halloween kills type thing. So rushed and the sequel being really crap. Um, actually thought it was pretty good. Um, I mean, two minds if it's like as good as number five or maybe like slightly less. Um, yeah, it's, it definitely does have quite a few annoying quirks, which I'm sure we'll probably all bring up. And it felt like at times it recycled some stuff from five, which I didn't appreciate. Mm. I thought 
it should have done something different for six, not just use the same rehash things. And it was sort of me rolling my eyes at it. But um, overall, for number six, um, yeah, it was pretty decent. Nice, nice. Uh, we'll get into favourite things. So for me, I did, I simultaneously hate it as well, but the opening sequence was, in my opinion, just way too fucking long. Mm. But I like that it was different. You still got the opening kill, but plot twist, we have two ghost faces who are already revealed, but they're not the main ones. They're still the main cohort, if you like. At the start, it's not established whether it's just one ghost face or two. We find that at the end, it's three. And then there were some just parts throughout the movie where I'm going to say this as well. I know there's a lot of people, especially if you go onto the Scream subreddit, which I'm permanently banned from and for good riddance because holy fuck, that Scream subreddit is one of the most toxic things I've ever come across on the internet. Just a bunch of nasty people just shitting on everyone's ideas and theories and opinions. So yeah, but uh, you know, the main character, I always forget the actress name it's melissa barracuda or something um, Ferreira. Ferreira. so her as sam i didn't actually get why people were giving her a lot of shit for scream 5 i thought her acting was decent but this time around i felt she was so fully into this character there was a lot of character depth we got to see her struggle between like her mental health issues and pdsd and always wanting to look after tara her sister and mm -hmm. then she just turns into this complete badass at the end, which, yes, we also saw in Scream 5, so that necessarily hadn't changed, but I felt she was more into it. And I thought, damn, Melissa's really stepped up her game in terms of acting that I noticed a difference. Likewise, Jenna Ortega, I was a little worried that maybe she she's done so many acting jobs over the past two years that, you know, can she be the standout again? And yeah, for me, she was, just in terms of her acting range. When she's scared, she's scared. When she's, like, heartbroken, in love, whatever, there's a little nuances that she does that I appreciate as someone who studied film. And even just, like, the side characters, like, I know they're part of the core four or whatever, but Jasmine and Chad, I felt, were way more developed in this movie compared to just being, like, the Randy clone, if you like, back in Scream 5. Um Actually, I don't know if either of you stayed around for the post-credits. Did you see that post-credits scene? No. Um, so yeah. Mark, my brother, and I did. And, and at the end of the movie, it's just Mindy saying, not every movie needs a post-credits sequence. And I just thought, oh, okay, I kind of get it. Like, they're just, like, making commentary on that. And, like, the people who had stayed behind in the cinema didn't laugh at that, but I was kind of expecting something else, maybe a setup for Scream 7 or... Maybe it's Tara and Chad on their first date or something, you know, something nice for the fans. Um, I also really like the return of Kirby. Um, I'm a secret Hayden Panettiere stand, so, you know, I love everything she's in except for Laguna Beach. I've never watched that. But I felt that her character's return was good. But where the fuck was the flashback to Scream 4? There were all these pictures that got leaked saying that they recreated the outside of the house from Scream 4 where Jill and Charlie try and kill everyone or whatever. I thought we were getting a genuine flashback mm. and we got nothing. I was like, bro, what the fuck? Where are we going to see how Kirby actually survived instead of through exposition, which I fucking hate in any film? If you're going to talk about it, show it. I don't care if they splice in stock images of a house or something. Just show that. But you know, um, I will also give credit to... Actually, you know you know what? I've talked for a lot. I'm going to let you to talk for one. So, <laughs> uh, Coop, did you have any particular favourite parts? Uh, yeah, I thought that the... Um, I, I liked the sort of like the aggression of the kills. I thought that they tried to sort of up the ante in a sense, um, particularly with the scene in like the, the bodega um, mm -hmm. and all that kind of shit um, where everyone's getting stabbed and shot with a shotgun. Um, I thought that, uh, I actually thought Gail Weathers was, was like, I mean, she's always good. She always delivers, I reckon. Um, but she was yeah. particularly good in, in this and there was lots of little nods to the older one. I really, really like, um, uh, how she dodges the first punch. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but then General Tagger just hits her in the face. I thought that was pretty good. I, I did enjoy a lot of, a lot of the callbacks. Um, I thought that the acting was, was particularly good. 
Um, I did think it was a, a strong cast. Um, again, uh, Melissa Barrera um, and Jenna Ortega were, were the stars of the show. Um, I've, I've only seen Jenna Ortega in you and these two screen movies, but um, I don't think I've ever seen her do a shit job. She's just a very natural actor and I appreciate that. Um, I mean, those are sort of the, the main things, I guess. I'm realising I don't have a lot of uh, positive to say about it. No, that's fair. And <clears throat> it's interesting too, just the note on Jenna Ortega, I find that she tends to play somewhat of the same character across different movies and TV shows, but she has those little nuances that make it different. So who she is in Scream is not the same person in You, and it's not the same person in, I've only seen the first episode, but Wednesday, that Netflix show based on the Adams family, um, the Ghostface aggression, I was on the edge of my seat sometimes. <clears throat> I was thinking, holy shit, this Ghostface is actually running super fast and like knocking down shit, not just being like, hey, what's up? But I have a huge critique about Ghostface when we come to the negative parts. BP, did you have any favourite parts? Yeah, I had quite a few um, favourite parts. One thing I noticed with this movie was, it sounds kind of stupid, but it just seemed like even more gory than I was mm. kind of expecting, um, which is also a negative I'll talk about later, but straight off the bat. And even just the, like in the opening scene um, with Samara Weaving and just the angry actions of her getting stabbed, it just yeah. like, it was just so many multitudes going at once. Um, I, I loved, I actually laughed out loud when Gail got hit in the face. I thought it was the funniest thing ever because <laughs> I had throwbacks to um, Scary Movie 1 where it's like, Gail, your ass looks fat. Um, <laughs> your ass looks fat. And I laughed out loud. I just thought it was the funniest thing ever because she's like, you missed bitch or something. And then, yeah, you know. Um, I really, uh, one of my favourite parts of the movie, it actually was one of the um, potential death scenes, which didn't actually, the person didn't die, was with Chad. And it was a really good shot mm. of him getting pretty much stabbed either side of his body, boom, boom, boom. And that was kind of the realisation there was two ghost face and then the third one was about to rock up. I thought that was such a really good photo and such a good close-up of him, like convulsing blood out of his mouth. And it was just such a, like a, I was like, oh, my God, this kid's getting, like, stabbed to death and, you know, General Taker and the other one just stand there looking at him. Um, and my other favourite scene was the subway scene. I, I liked how mm. it got broke up into two scenes and there was so much, like, it wasn't sexual tension there was just so much like awkwardness and tension it, it went on for a while and I didn't mind it I thought the the music like the the sort of um the score behind that sort of scene was really good um and just sort of the shots of you know the lights coming in and out on the train and it was just sort of like what's gonna happen and the ghost face is sitting on the seat and then looking up and then it moves and then you've got old mate with the curly hair just standing there kind of watching on um yeah, that's pretty much all I wrote so far. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my, actually, it's got to be my favorite shot in the whole movie. One of my top hit in the whole screen franchise as well is when the two Ghostface killers, as you mentioned, are stabbing Chad, they both do the double clean of the knife. Mm -hmm. I was like, damn, these are like some synchronized professional yeah. dancers slash Ghostface killers. Yeah. And, like that subway sequence, I like when trailers do this. I think Hereditary is the ultimate king of deceiving trailers where it looks like it's the funeral for the grandmother, but it's actually the funeral for her daughter. Mm. Um, in Scream 6, all the trailers, it looks like all the characters are on the same subway car or they're on the same train. Mm. And yet we find Mindy and Ethan, the other one, is on a separate train. I didn't see that coming. I was like, oh, no. that's clever trailer editing. Yep. Some of the other scenes I just gave away too much. Mm. That I thought, seriously, yeah. like we, we're still doing this where we showed the whole movie in like 90 seconds. But yeah, so unfortunately, the trailers are both a favorite and a least favorite part of mine. But mm -hmm. I'm gonna hammer on about this. My absolute least favorite part of Scream 6 is the ghost faces. I look, I as I said before, I understand that they have to continue a storyline from Scream 5. I was not expecting the killers to be connected to Amber or Richie and mm -hmm. for them to be like, we're just avenging our brother. He loved films and da, 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 da. I just thought, ah, oh, okay. I was kind of hoping it was just something different or 
maybe it was someone out to get Gail or someone out to get someone else, but for it to just be tied to the core four, specifically Richie, my one of my least favorite Ghostface killers of all time, I'm just like, you may as well just bring Charlie back from the dead from Scream 4, and he's like, hey guys, I'm now a film person, da 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 da, or I don't know, just didn't like it there. But other things that I did like with this film with some sequences going on for too long, particularly the opening sequence, I just thought it could have been maybe trimmed by two minutes, kept it more concise. I like Samara Weaving, but I was trying to figure out if she was doing an Australian accent, her natural speaking voice, or a weird hybrid of Australian, American, and some other language in like Antarctica or something. I was just like, did she talk like that on Home and Away? I never watched that show, but could have sworn I've heard her talk in interviews and she's not like, how's it going, mate? Whereas that's the impression I got from her in this movie. <laughs> or I thought it was going to be like a Tinder killer or something. And then, you know, it was just some weird college student wanting to experience his first murder of, which let's be real, there's a lot of scary people out there. So I see that as plausible. Um, Kirby's Return, that was great. Gail Weathers, I would have liked to have seen her a lot more. But that's because I'm a Gail Weathers stand, so you know, really like that. She <laughs> like at the end of Scream Five, she goes, "Oh, I'm never gonna write a book about this. They can disappear into nothingness." And then she writes a book about. It. I'm like, of course, Gail Weathers would do that. Like, <laughs> it's her. <laughs> she hasn't mm, changed. Yep. I like that that they the screenwriters did that for her character because. I think if she didn't write anything about it, it would have been like, well, why is she in this? How is she connected to the characters from Scream 5 again? Especially with Sydney not in this picture. Um, a very controversial opinion. I think this film worked without Neve Campbell. Um, yeah. You know, more than happy for YouTube or any of our viewers to disagree in the comments. I felt that the way they handled it, though, was a little strange, just by Gail's saying, oh, her and Mark and the kids, they're somewhere away, but we wish her the best and she deserves a happy ending. I felt like, oh, it was just weird the way that she Mm. said it. Mm. I don't know. Maybe they could have written something in that Dave Campbell was missing or something. I I don't know. But I'm, I'm sure I have lots of other like least favorite parts that you two will bring up. So Coop, we'll go back to you. Uh, what were your least favorite parts? Uh, I'm going to start with the um, the big one, and it's in major disagreement with you, Justin. Um, I I um, tried to avoid trailers, any kind of spoilers or anything like that as as much as I could. Um, I had heard that, that there was going to be some kind of involvement with Kirby, which I didn't understand. She's dead. Mm. Um, and then so when I watched it, uh, I was kind of annoyed that she was just like, I thought maybe it was going to be like a flashback or something, you know, cause apparently she's a, she's a fan favorite. I do agree that she died probably too early mm. in scream four. Um, so that was probably my main issue with Dawn of the dead. Sorry, scream six, <laughs> um, that we've, we're just bringing characters back from the dead just because we're running out of legacy characters. I thought that was really lazy and I, I kind of felt like, are we really letting Reddit threads write our scream movies now? Is that where we're at? Mm. Um, so that really pissed me off and, um, I tr- tried to ignore it through the rest of the movie. I thought Hayden Panettiere did it as much as she could with it, but it was just, it was just such an easy retcon and it makes i feel like it sets a precedent for what's going to happen what's going to happen next are we going to have a fucking stew marker come back in the next one like oh god come on think of something new so that was yeah a big issue i had with this movie and the fact that they didn't like as you said it was just exposition that they used to explain it it was just so lazy um so yeah that that was a massive um issue that i had with this um, sorry, I'm I'm been so distracted by my anger on that. Um, <laughs> I thought some of the dialogue was a bit kind of clunky uh, here and there. I agree with you that the ghost face killers. It was kind of like when the reveal happened, it was like, uh, you know, like it was there wasn't yeah. really a, a big huge payoff. Um, I thought it was. I actually kind of picked it just before. Um, I think it was when Chad was was getting stabbed because Kirby had just come running in with the gun. And I was like, well, obviously the cops involved. And then immediately I was like, that roommate didn't die. Um, mm. I didn't pick the, um, the, the nerdy character being involved. So I was like, all right, yeah, that's, that's, 
kind of good, but I thought that it was like not uh, a very good payoff. Um, again, coming back to the Kirby thing, didn't she get shot like five, uh, four times mm-hmm. at the end of that movie? They said they were going to come back for help for her. And then they sat on the step of the cinema having a heart to heart while she's bleeding to death <laughs> on the floor. Like, yeah, there was just a lot, there was just a lack of logic through a lot of this that really grinded my gears. Um, so that was, yeah, that was, uh, that was really annoying me. Um, so yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's true. And one thing I was hoping that would touch on, you know, bringing it back to Reddit, I saw this one popular fan theory, which to me made a lot of sense. So they said if they're going to bring Kirby back, they'll most likely do a flashback sequence, use archival footage from Scream 4, because there's a part in Scream 4 when Jill's doing her monologue and Eve Campbell's like, what the fuck, my cousin's ghost face, and they hear a noise and both of them get distracted. That was saying it would have been so easy for the writers to work Kirby into that scene, showing that maybe she's still bleeding to death and she's like, I don't know, doing this up the stairs or something, or she's a distraction, but she didn't know what to do. So she's hiding in a room or something while, you know, Jill just stabs Cindy and Jill's doing that thing where she like smashes against a wall and everything. I was like, that would have made more sense. I didn't have to spend more than 30 seconds to a minute on it. I doubt it would have cost that much to recreate anyway, especially with mm. a huge budget. Mm. And then as she's talking, I'm like, show the visual. Yeah. What's going what's going on? Yeah. yeah. I, I hated it. <laughs> I fucking hated it. <laughs> uh BP, did you have any least favorite parts? Yeah, quite a few, which I think will probably affect the score a bit more than I thought. Um, the ghost face killers, it was really underwhelming. I remember sitting there and going, oh, but not being like, I instantly thought back to Scream 5 and I thought how good it was when Amber was like, this is third act and then just shot. Yes. I thought that was such a good, just out of nowhere response. Like, holy shit, she's, you know, the ghost face killer. And then this one was just a bit lame. Like, I like the synchronizing, like you said, the knife. And then that Mel Gibson guy just, like the cop guy, I just call him Mel Gibson because he looks like Mel Gibson. <laughs> um, it was just all like underwhelming, and yeah, just I was like, this is the payoff. I'm like, oh, they're like a family tree, like cool. But like, part of me thought it was what's named from Scream One. I was thinking in my head because they did all the photos on the whiteboard and stuff like that, and had Jill in the photos. So I was like, maybe Jill's actually coming back, and mm. yeah. So I just thought the ghost face revelation of like the revealing was just really it wasn't done well it could have been revealed better i think and then i just i don't know i think the key giveaway as i think you said croup was when their roommate was getting killed all you heard was like thumping in the background and i just thought well they should have showed it a bit more to be convincing for the viewer because it did stick in the back of my mind like okay they're just presuming that she's having sex and there's thumping in the background so like we're not going to think she's getting killed but I think because there was no transition to her actually getting stabbed, it wasn't convinced. It didn't really convince me that she was dead at that mm. time. Um, the other thing that annoyed me was this stupid soppy love line storyline that was going on between Jenna, uh, Jennifer, uh, what's her name? Otega. Jenna Ortega. And yeah. what's her name? I don't care for it. I can't even remember if it was in five. I just think in this movie, there was too many scenes where it was like forced. There's that one scene where it was like three minutes on the bed. And then I thought, are we watching like a love drama, like, you know, um, movie rather than a horror movie? I just thought it got in the way. There was that scene in the movie theatre, as you said, Coop, where they're just, you know, on the step or whatever and grabbing the same thing and going like, ooh, don't need it. Get rid of it. Too much of a distraction. It could have, you know, cut the runtime by 10 minutes. You don't need to see that. I don't think it's really adding anything to the story. Um the one thing I brought up earlier was the excessive use of blood and gore. It was good, but it was also bad. And it was sort of uh, touching levels of sore with the amount of like guts that were being shown. And it felt very forced in a lot of scenes rather than just like blood in a shirt or like a clear hole. It was showing like someone's intestines coming out. Um, mm. I just thought it was, I didn't understand what it was. Like they're trying to be more gory, but then I'm thinking maybe it's a 3D effect or something. It's meant to be because they're doing the 3D sessions. I don't know if they're trying to like taper into that. Um, Could it be maybe they're making fun of Halloween kills? They're like how (laughs) it's like, oh, it has to be bloody and gory like Mindy says. So this is the the two things that uh, 
are like my probably my biggest uh, or actually one before I go to that the you touched on Sydney's absence I thought that was so bizarre and such an odd way of saying it and it just felt very it felt like it well it, in this situation it was but you know when you watch like a TV show and someone sometimes dies or they just leave without any notice and then they kind of have to say something to be like you know that's what it felt yeah. like and it felt very forced it felt really I don't think they even had to mention I think they could have got away of not saying it at all and as you said I don't I wasn't really thinking Nev Campbell in the movie at all which means like this movie was able to move forward without her um I just don't think they needed to say that I think they could have just left it um and the only other thing that bugged me with the movie was this stupid recycled content of this you know 10 minute spiel of it's a prequel so it's a requel so we're going to have new characters and this was explaining number five where they're sitting on the lounge for 10 minutes and doing the same thing and it was just rehashed for this Mm. And I'm surprised, Coop, you haven't mentioned it, but Billy Loomis rocking up again. <laughs> and it was so I've forgotten about that. Oh, it was worse. The CGI yeah. was yeah. worse. And he was worse. like, just, he was like, just fucking grab the knife. And I was just like, how about you just fuck off? Um, and <laughs> it was just like we saw this in five. So like it just it felt lazy. It just like had nothing to add to the like, let's just put him back in again. Um, that really annoyed me. And I don't need a 10-minute spiel on how sequels or prequels or requels work. I already saw it in five. Don't need to hear it again. And that just feels, I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do, like take a piss take on films or something, but I just don't think it comes across well. I just It just feels really cheesy and a bit cringe at times. So, yeah, that's my bad bit. <laughs> the one thing I don't understand about Skeet Ulrich coming back as Billy Loomis is that... Mm-hmm. In both Scream 5 and this one, he looks older than he does in real life. Like, I mean, mm. you know, not to grind your gears even more BP, but I will reference Riverdale. In that <laughs> show, he looks at least 20 to 30 years younger as himself now than he does in the CGI in Scream 5 and 6. So I'm always like, why don't they just hire whoever does makeup or whatever for Riverdale because mm-hmm. they'll be able to de-age him properly without CGI but yeah uh it mm. it pisses me off because I'm just like oh did we already do this storyline in Scream 5 can't they just say not exposition but you know she's talking with the therapist and she's saying about how there's a darkness inside of her we didn't need Billy Loomis in it and I mean with all the posters and everything hinted towards Stu Marker I was waiting for another character to be brought back from the dead. And mm-hmm. I was actually very glad they did bring back Stu Marker. I love Matthew Lillard. I will always support him in everything he does. But if they're going to bring him back, maybe it should be done through not even like DH CGI, maybe just like a flashback sequence or something to be like, oh, remember Stu Marker? That shows like Stu Marker from Scream 1 in a scene maybe we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Also, sorry, I gotta I don't know if you two notice this as well. The end where Ethan the Virgin Ghostface character is running up to kill Sam and Kirby or whatever, and Kirby mm. puts the TV onto him. <sighs> I don't know if it was just the cinema I was in, but it did not sound like a TV smashed into it. It felt like like a bonk or like the, the, the dolphin sound out of Final Destination 4. Yeah, it, it just squeals. It it sounded so weird. I don't know if there was just my cinema though, because I was I didn't it didn't click for me that she smashed the mm. Stu Marker TV onto Ethan. And even then I'm thinking, how would that TV have killed him? The TV was like got uh, of all its glass and everything. I think that scene, turned on. <laughs> I think that scene was so fast I didn't know if he hit it and bumped it and got knocked or it got it just fell as he ran past. I think I didn't like correlate what had happened in that moment. It just oh, he got flanked by a TV, okay. Yeah. She pegged that TV like it was a can of beans too. It was so funny. <laughs> and that I'm was a mid-90s TV. You know how heavy yeah, that shit is. Yes. I did uh, think the, the the knife thing was kind of cool how she was getting right in there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Especially after he makes that line saying, I've always wanted to stick something in Utah. Yeah, <laughs> She's yeah. like, mm. okay. It just yeah. does that. You, know, you could uh, die a virgin then. I just wish, and I mean, I will always compare Scream 5 and 6 together because they're like the duo at this stage. Yeah. Definitely agree that the Amber Ghostface reveal was better mm-hmm. uh, compared to this one. I didn't care for the cop. Also, the cop reveal got spoiled for me two weeks ago, which I was mm-hmm. very pissed off about. And I was able to press pause on the video that auto played just before his family got revealed. So 
I'm glad that happened, but I don't think it would have made much of an impact because I also guess very quickly that it was the daughter. Mm. I'm like, I bet they're a duo somehow, but you know, even without knowing the cop was a killer, mm. I I doubt I would have known that Ethan, the other guy, was somehow part of this family or like whatever. Um, at the same time, I also didn't care for Richie as a ghost ex killer in Scream 5. I hated his reveal as well. And I'm just like, uh, I felt like they were trying to do the same shocking moment where Amber reveals herself. But the way they did it, it was more funny than yeah. like actually shocking. Because from memory, he runs into that cinema room and yeah. he looks like he's going to stop it. And he just like stops and he's like, uh-uh. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. That was it. That was the big reveal. I thought it was going to be maybe he takes off his masks or something or he uses the voice modulator to change it to Richie's voice or something that does a callback like Roman did in Scream 3 where Roman says something like, her own son and then takes off the mask. He's like, Roman something. Director, Ghostface and brother or something. Like, Even though I hated Roman's reveal as well, but... I like that one more than this one. I think um, with five, it was more like a, a bit of suspense building up as to who the killer was because, you know, like, you know, they go down the stairs and she's like, oh, come get a beer. And she's like, you might be the killer. You might not be. I think mm. there was just a, a lot more, yeah, suspense and mystery as to who it could be because you were kind of really thinking of who done it. And then the only thing I, with this film was puzzling was there was two and then a third rocked up i'm like holy shit there's three of them i think that was only my revelation like there's three ghost face killers i'm like who are they and then so when the curly head curly head guy gets revealed i wasn't really i think at that stage i'm like so who's the third i don't think i was really like going oh my god it's going to be like a big reveal and then it mm. ended up just being that orange haired chick and i was like cool but <laughs> I think it I think it should have been the other way around. I think it should have been him being the last reveal. I think that might have been like you said, Coop, you were kind of not really thinking it was him. So I think mm. maybe if they like changed it around, it might have been a bit more like because you're looking at him in the film and even on the subway I'm looking at him, I'm thinking like he looks sus, but then he's also like looking at her. But yeah. I just something about that reveal just wasn't it was just lukewarm, if anything. It just mm. I don't mm. know. I don't know what it'd be interesting to see if there was an alternative option, what they're gonna do. Yeah. Uh, there is actually a lot of trivia about this movie, which, you know, mixture of unconfirmed reports, a lot of fan theories and whatnot. Um, before we get into that, uh, did either of you have any other, like, favourite or least favourite parts? Uh, yeah, I did actually remember one um, while you guys were talking then was I liked the part where... Um, uh, Gail's like, oh, can you hold for a sec? And then mm. just calls yes! the number back to work yeah. out where they are and just shoots through the door. I thought that was that was really good. Um, yeah, I'd with on uh, Samara weaving. Um, I thought she did really well. I was kind of like when it was the opening scene. I was like, oh yeah, Samara weaving, and then I was just like, oh, it's the opening scene. She's dead. Mm. Like that yeah. sucks. Um. So I, I feel like they could have got more use out of her. I actually disagree. I don't think that that opening scene was too long. I mm. thought that was one of the better scenes in the movie as as mm. far as like bu- building that tension of like, is she going to be silly enough to walk down into the alleyway? Mm. Um, she's already, you know, made the mistake that she mentioned uh, about answering the phone and all that kind of thing. Um, so I thought that was good, but I feel like they could, you know, an actor like Samara Weaving, who was very good, I feel like they could have done probably more with, with her character, but it is what it is, yeah. Um, I mean, two minds about the city setting because as we'll probably talk in the next bit, I don't know how this is going to go going forward. I think they've kind of put themselves into a corner of something. Um, the other thing I was going to touch on is I still I still love Ghostface. I still love the lines that are delivered. The, I was writing on my phone was when the, the first guy that's pretending to be the Ghostface or does the Ghostface killing and then he's like, what about my movie? And then Ghostface is like, <laughs> fuck your movie. And then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Little things like that are just... And, and the thing with Gail, is that the first time, correct me if I'm wrong, is that the first time someone that has got a call from Ghostface has actually called the number back straight away like that? I was thinking in my head, yes. I'm like... I believe so. Yeah, and I thought it, it was that's like a cool idea that no one's explored yet. So that like props to them, but just yeah, a lot of the other stuff was recycled, unfortunately. 
Oh, actually, correction. It is the first time someone's done it on a landline and the phones actually run out. I think from memory, it was in Scream 4. I think Jill might have called someone else's phone back, yeah. but it was only vibrating. So uh, they, okay. you couldn't actually hear it ring. It didn't help them. One one thing I'll touch on, actually, speaking about um, Gail is, uh, one, what she was wearing in some of those scenes was horrible. I, I don't do clothing. I don't I don't know how to match things. But there was one scene where she was wearing like a blue vest thingy with the purple insert. It looked horrible. I thought it was bad as her bangs in two or whatever. It was a three. And <laughs> I was kind of rooting for her to die, to be honest. I was like, just get it. Like, because Dewey died in five, I'm like, okay, they're going to do it for six. So it's kind of setting up a seven to be like all new cast, you know, no original people. And it just... It irked me that she's kind of taken off scene and you don't know if she's going to survive or not. Like, they should have put that in the end credits and maybe had her breathing or something like they did in Halloween. You'd be like, is that Gail breathing or is that someone else? Yeah. Hmm. It was kind of weird that we never, like, we never saw her again. And then it was just, again, exposition. Oh, no, the, the, hmm. the hot guy across the hall or whatever. Oh, yeah, no, I've gone and checked on Gail. She's good and, and uh, Mindy's good. It's like, and oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's like a bit of a um, uh, a continuity issue with the girl getting stabbed on the subway because the next scene is like it's the next day or something and she's like running to the ambulance. Like it doesn't look mm. like she got stabbed at all. And I'm thinking. She mentions get... that she's on heaps of drugs, which I'm assuming is like pain medication or yeah. whatever, but no, she's the, you don't see. No, she just runs pain. to the ambulance. She's running like, yeah. after she's been stabbed. Yeah. Um, and, so. and that ending scene was horrible. I, I I don't know what they were trying to do. It was just really lame, and you could tell that they didn't want to show more than they could to be like, it's not New York. I just don't know if that the New York setting was really working. That was kind of half-assed because you could clearly tell they couldn't show things that were going to give away. It was Montreal, wherever it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It does leave the franchise in a bit of a weird state now where oh. Scream 7's already been greenlit, What's the location? Yeah, yeah, only yesterday, I think. But I don't know if they've set a release date, but all the box office projections are marking this to be, like, the biggest weekend opening Mm. for a screen movie, the biggest first week, domestic at global. But what are they going to do with the next story? Is it still going to be in New York? Are they going to do what seems to be, like, Scream 5, Woodsboro, Scream 6? college like scream one and two so if we go by that pattern scream seven will be in hollywood like scream three i'll probably do it oh, I, I still need i still know what you did last summer and go to like an island that's you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's oh, do that that'd be cool i cannot wait for more news to come out about the alleged sequel like the proper sequel sequel to i know what you did last summer that where freddie prince jr general for love huge sure. tits are apparently coming back <laughs> Like, I'm just like, well, you know what? If it comes out, I'll go see it because we've spoken about the TV adaptation, which I fucking hated. Yeah, and, uh, I'll always know what you did last summer, that stupid mm-hmm. sequel. Yeah. No. Don't watch it. Yeah. Uh, there were quite a few fan theories, as I mentioned before, on Reddit. So one of them, which was quite popular, was that the Samara Weaving character, it already got leaked that she gets killed in the opening sequence, but allegedly... One of the last scenes was supposed to show that she was one of the ghost faces. I don't know how that would have worked if, A, she gets killed in the opening, we see it, especially with all the vicious stabbings and whatnot. Mm. How would she have been ghost faced? But there was another popular thing. I don't know how this started as like a news story or Reddit post. I just remember seeing it and thinking, hmm, that kind of makes a little bit of sense. Apparently, the ending, like the proper ending scene after the ambulance takes all the core four away or whatever, is that it would have shown Sydney Prescott getting a phone call. And then she, I don't know how it's supposed to play out, but she would get a call from Ghostface. And then she looks around the house, seeing that her children have been snatched out of their beds, her husband is missing. And then it would end on her just like holding the phone. Then that would apparently be the setup for Scream 7. So maybe that was part of like the initial script before Neve Campbell turned down all the pay salary. Maybe she thought that was just a stupid idea because personally, yes, it is a stupid idea. Mm, and it's ridiculous. Like, how would that have set up Scream 7? Because I felt like the fan base would have been like, oh, they should have put Neve Campbell more in Scream 6 or 
now they're doing a hybrid legacy versus new characters or some bullshit and this identity of a newer ghost face somehow. But um, like I mentioned before, the cop being a ghost face got spoiled for me and whatnot. There were so many other characters people were just claiming to be Ghostface, saying that Kirby was coming back as Ghostface and that Jill somehow back from the dead as well is her co-Ghostface and it would have been revealed that Kirby, Charlie and Jill were all working together in Scream 4 and Charlie turned against Kirby for some reason unexplained and that's why she was more upset. And I'm thinking more upset. She got stabbed. Of course she's upset. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Where do people get these theories from? Yeah, honestly? No. But no. And then saying that Randy was apparently coming back as well from the dead. I don't know how that would have worked out, especially with the twins being so adamant that you know, this is where my uncle died. This is my uncle's jumper. This, my uncle, this, da-da-da-da, which you would expect. But we also got that scene in Scream 5 where they go to Martha Meek's house and there's a shrine dedicated to Randy. And some people were trying to say, oh, the shrine in New York City is made by the twins because they had the shrine in Scream 5 to Randy. And I'm thinking, yeah, but still, how would they have gotten all the different evidence and all the guns, knives, TVs, whatever, from all the Ghostface killers, which, you know, by the way, I really like that as well. The shrine for me was a particular highlight, which I forgot to mention in favourite parts, but I liked that it was a nice little bit of fan service. I know some people are against fan service, but for me, the more the merrier, just as long as you have a strong story behind it. And, you know, it was kind of nice to go through and be like, oh, yes, I remember that from this and that great way for the marketing team to have like pop-up ghostface shrines in like sydney los angeles london really mm. bring all the fans together you know i'm surprised i haven't done that yet outside of los angeles and new york mm. um there were so many more fan theories i'm just trying to think of like either the most stupidest ones or the ones that might seem plausible mm. um there was apparently a first draft that circulated about six months ago in the script in which Neve Campbell would only have about five to ten minutes in the film and that her role was to be brought in as a ghostface expert. Don't know what the hell that means. So I think that part was like mostly rewritten for Hayden Panettiere's character because she mentions, I've been studying ghostface killers, I'm always on the internet, blah, blah, blah. But I just don't see how that would have brought Neve Campbell back. Like, if the Ghostface killers are Richie's family, they don't give a fuck about Neve Campbell unless they also blame her for the reason why Richie was ultimately killed. But I don't know. All logic goes out the window. So, yeah. Interesting to note as well, this has the highest budget out of all the Scream films so far. Um, I didn't know this until I read an article today. Apparently Scream 3 had the biggest, like the best performing box office out of all five Scream films. Which, for me, I'm just like, Scream 3? Really? I would have mm-hmm. thought Scream 2, or the original one. Because a lot of people don't seem to like Scream 3. I like it for what it's worth, but I can seeing that it's just sometimes shitty <laughs> and it's a reason why it's the lowest viewed video out of all our podcast recaps but <laughs> i was just like really scream 3 had the biggest box office that's very surprising i have um, to correct you justin it's number one does does it okay oh, really 173 worldwide then 172.3 oh. for scream 2 and then 161.8 for scream 3 sorry i need to clarify it was only for the first week Oh, like an opening week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think they're saying, yeah, they were saying for five, what I read online was like 50.2 million internationally and worldwide is what they're expecting. The screen six, which is pretty good for a six series, a six entry in a series. Mm. And I don't know if it's like, I don't know if Nev Campbell would be insulted. I feel like that's a bit of like, oh, they can actually do a movie without me. I think maybe she was low key, maybe hoping that it would bomb. So she could be like, you need me back for the film, but it's sort of like the film can, as we've said, it can stand on its own without her. Um, I just think it might be bizarre bringing it back for seven because you'd be like, do you need to come back? Like, just retire? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there there was... Uh, I'm trying to remember where I saw it. It wasn't Reddit. 
um, she did appear at a convention. I don't know if it was a horror convention or a Scream one or whatnot, but someone asked her how did she feel about not being in Scream 6, and she said that she saw it, she loved it, but she was a little unhappy that she couldn't be in it. And now there's this whole other counter-argument. I don't know where this has come from as well. Someone on Reddit posted it, probably, saying that while Nick Campbell initially turned down the role, the studio allegedly offered her more money with for what she was asking, but she still turned it down. So they felt very blindsided when she went to the press afterwards saying, oh, they're not paying me my worth and they're not doing this. But at the same time, that could have easily been written by some like mm. loser who's like obsessed with the new screen movies, being like, "Well, fuck Dave Campbell and fuck Sydney Prescott, rah rah rah." But you know, I, I don't know Dave Campbell <laughs> personally. I wish I did, but I feel like if she had been offered the money, I feel like she would have been the type of person to be like, "Oh, you've actually like chosen to give me more money, which is what I've asked for. Sure, yeah. I'm happy to be part of it." I mean, it's another paycheck for her and also a chance for her to continue her own legacy in the horror genre. I mean, she's just a... Ugh, let me freeze on that one. She's a successful actress outside of the screen movies anyway. So if anything, they probably need her more than she needs them. But this movie still holds up without her anyway, so... Yeah. Yeah. I think the box office figures, if they do well, then it's a bit of a stab for her, literally. Um, that just <laughs> um, yeah, that I don't know. We don't really need it back as bad as that sounds, but it's also maybe like you need to pass the torch to a, a younger generation of people and do a new sort of arc of storylines and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. No disrespect to her, but she's had five films, so yeah, it's I don't know. It is how it is. I just don't know. They've kind of screwed themselves for a seventh. How they're gonna go? Yeah. So one thing I completely forgot to rant about. Where the fuck was the stab movies in this one? Because we didn't have a stab movie for number... Oh, actually, no, I take that back. We did have the stab movies in Scream 4. It was that whole 15-minute-long opening sequence where it was stab, like, 5, 6, 7. Then we had stab 8 in last year's Scream. But all the posters had stab 9 and wrongfully accused the musical. I thought they were going to be some part of this storyline. I was like, oh, they're going to do Stab 9, Stab 9's going to make fun of Halloween Kills, or, you know, it might be 3D or something. You know, they'll take the piss out of it. And because it was on so many posters, and then they did mention it, I remember thinking, why would they do that and then not have, like, a... Even if it's just, like, one of the characters, like, in the college scene or whatever, being like, no, shut the fuck up, we're watching Stab 9. Like, any type of, like mentioned and yet there was nothing likewise the run uh one of the new york city posters it has wrongfully accused the musical i guess they were trying to hint at sam's character with the conspiracy theory that she was the mastermind behind the killings mm. i thought it could have also been something to do with cotton weary from the first three screen films how he was wrongfully accused so i was like well where is it did gail weathers somehow write a book and turn it into a musical because musicals are arranged now so mm. that would have been a nice little meta commentary but yeah uh may as well get into final thoughts uh actually i might save my final thoughts to the end uh cool. we may as well start with you uh do you have any final thoughts on scream 6 or the future of the scream franchise uh, yeah, I feel like it's sort of in a bit of an awkward spot right now. I feel like this is sort of the more wor- most worrying jumping off point we've sort of ever really had, um, for the Scream franchise. Um, I feel like, I think I actually mentioned this in the, when we did the podcast for number five, I feel like they probably could have ended it there. Um, mm. and I feel like because that movie did so well, they're like, all right, more, 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 but like, I mean, where do we go from here? Mm, yeah um, yeah so that's sort of a bit of a worry moving forward like what uh, yeah like you said what are they going to go to la next or dubai or just the cities <laughs> are going to get bigger and bigger like um 
yeah, what what are they? Where are they trying to go with this? Or is it just like, all right, let's get a, a good box office weekend out of this? Is that is that all we're trying to achieve at this point? So I feel mm. like it was it was a good it was a good looking movie with some good acting in it, but not really any decent story or substance to really tie it together and to the rest of the franchise as well. Yep. So yeah, I was kind of disappointed with it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's more than fair. Um, I also had a thought too while you were talking about the different locations. Are they going to do like instead of the real housewives of like Dubai, it's going to be like the real ghost faces of yeah. New York City or Salt Lake City or something? Yeah. And it's just like all the ghost faces being like, oh my God, Becky totally stabbed me today. And I stabbed her back. <laughs> <laughs> BB, what are your final thoughts? Um, I think it's a, it's a good entry uh, initially. I think it's got. Uh, some annoying quirks and recycled content, which I don't think we needed and fill up. Um, as Coop said, they've really got themselves in a corner where they're going to go. I think I am only comparing this to something relevant, which would be Saw in this case. And as we saw with Saw 7, it was so hyped up at the time. And then the final result was just really bad. And I have a feeling they're just going to screw it somehow here. Like an island setting could be cool, but I just, I don't know where they're going to go with this. I think They've screwed themselves. And there's that saying, you know, quantity, like quality over quantity or quantity over quality. I think in this case, quality is like what needs to be important with Scream. But they're obviously just churning it out because they know they can make money. But I think it's going to dilute the series real quick. And it's what what do you do next? You've kind of covered everything. And you can clearly tell in this movie they've recycled content. So they've obviously run out of ideas. Mm. Um, I'm just a bit hesitant that it feels weird to end it on six. So I feel like seven's inevitable. As you said, Justin, it's got green lit. But honestly, where are they going to go from here? I I don't know if I would want to watch another New York setting. Like maybe they can actually go to Canada this time and it's filmed in Canada. <laughs> It'll be set in Canada oh. and filmed in New York. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um. Actually, I, but just to touch on, sorry, quickly, there was that scene where, um, what's her name's walking, you know, when she's on the phone and she walks past the crime scene and doesn't sort of look up and sort of keeps walking. Um, it's like at the apartment. And then I was like low-key hoping that like Mariska Hargitay would be in the scene or something. <laughs> the I was like, is she going to do like a cameo in this? Is it the, the SVU? I was, I was waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see where they go with the next one, but I definitely see how the quality will eventually dip. I mean, franchises don't last that long until they reboot it, recycle, you know. I feel like I'm doing an ad for a garbage cleaning service. Reduce, mm. reuse, recycle. Mm. But, I mean, as long as they keep, you know, Jenna Ortega, Melissa Barrera, Barracuda in that, you know, I feel like it will be somewhat strong but i mean i think fans as well will be like ah oh, we already know the next movie uh i was gonna say mara melissa and tara will survive gail will somehow survive mindy and chad will survive as well so it's just going to be another recycle but are they going to change things up are they going to kill some of these people in the opening scene are they going to have completely new characters is it going to be like a what's a bonus <laughs> well, they might even do a completely fresh story with mm. all new characters. Like maybe it's going back to a high school setting or a college setting. It might be a series like uh, Final Destination, all new people every single movie with maybe mm. one or two characters returning, like clear rivers, but I don't know. I think it's like, you know how Screamfly was called Scream? It just sort of felt like it could have ended there, but I think they've also shot themselves ending it with like VIs in six because it just seems so odd. So then what do you, you obviously, they're obviously going to have to continue on and just call it like, you know, V2 for seven. But it just, it's such a weird, the naming thing I think also is going to like, it's just bizarre to end it on six and leave it at that or even at seven. So I feel like they've got to go to 10 at this point and then just end it. Yeah, screw seven. <laughs> well like take a note out of scary movie five's book because scary mm. movie five was also marketed as just scary movie mm. but the v in the word movie was uh the opposite color. yeah 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 so why didn't they do that for screen with the same m 
like highlight the V or something. Because they did that for mm. Scream mm. Six, and I was like, oh, it's Scree I V I. Yeah, like, it still annoys me that five was just called Scream because it's so like confusing when you talk to somebody like Scream. I'm like, yeah, the twenty twenty two version. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so that's the fifth one. I'm like, yeah, that's called Scream. Okay. Uh, <laughs> It's like it's like marketing seems to think I don't know what it is. It's in every single movie, TV show, whatever. Mm. They're like, oh, most people they don't want to watch a sequel that happened twenty years afterwards, so we're gonna give it a new title. I'm like, mm. no, you're just pissing mm-hmm. off and confusing mm. every single person. Just just call it Scream Five, or I don't know, call it Scream Pyro or something. I don't know. <laughs> or just two two S's or something. I don't know. i did see this fan made poster where it was called screams Mm. and they just like uh copy pasted the s on the poster i was like i don't know screams but then i don't know uh before we wrap up what are your overall ratings so i put on my instagram story the other day that i gave it eight out of ten fresh out of watching it now that it's been a couple of days, I'm actually going to give it six out of ten, and not just because it's Scream Six, ha ha ha, but <laughs> also because for me, having been able to like uh, stew on it and whatnot, I feel like there were just so many areas that needed improving. But also from a technical perspective, I'm just like, oh, sorry, I haven't mentioned this as well, but I'll like mention it here. Some of the editing choices were a choice, very big choice, like too quick with some scene transitions or even just some of the audio not matching the lips mm-hmm. and i know that's not my cinema issue because every other character that was you know in the scene was fine so i'm like oh it's just bad audio editing or it's bad scene transitions but you know so i'll give it six out of ten coop what is your verdict um well it's yeah it's the law of diminishing returns isn't it um it's bigger but not better uh i'm gonna give it Five retcons out of ten. Nice. Nice. BP, what's your verdict? Uh I'll give it six and a half TV sets out of ten. Are you gonna <laughs> smash those TV sets onto Ethan's head like Kirby did so flawlessly, yeah. even though she's practically dead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that strength, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's that dead strength. She's a zombie after all, so uh, I can't imagine how much it would have hurt because she got stabbed in the same area. Like, all that scar tissue. Mm. Uh, but also, shout out Hayden Panettiere. She did the best with what she could do with Absolutely. that mm. script. <laughs> uh, but anyways, BP and Coop wanted to say thank you both very much for joining me for this very fast-paced, also very, <laughs> I guess, irregular podcast episode because we usually do this, like, for four episodes a month sort of like a four hour window now we're just like yep screams come out we're gonna get this episode out let's like, get it right done. now yeah. let's fast track the shit out of this sequels yep. are coming yep. mm. <laughs> uh listeners uh we also have a lot of other scream content we've recapped all the other scream movies links are in the description uh probably outdated by now but there's also a video we've done on all the ghost face theories for this specific movie so Yes, the Ghostface killers are in this list, except I don't think I mentioned Ethan. Or if I did, I was just like, oh yeah, that dude. Because I always forget these people's names. <laughs> we got one comment today, which is like, I liked your review, but you should remember the characters' names. And I replied saying no. <laughs> 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 I was like, I don't have time to remember these so If they're not memorable, they're not going to get a mention. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, <laughs> But also very happy to announce that uh, next week, our next podcast recap episode is on Sinister, the 2012, I guess, Australia's Funniest Home Video Show episode, <laughs> uh, starring Ethan Hawke as a guy who finds five very creepy films and is suddenly haunted by this weird demonic slash, what's that, metal band um, that we are talking about in the episode? Uh, Psychosocial, Slipknot, Slipknot. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. One of the guys from Slipknot is a demonic presence just killing kids. So, yeah. Jim Root. That that's episode. right. Yeah. It looks like Jim Root. That's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm even forgetting people's like music people now. Uh, <laughs> anyways, thank you very much for watching. I do not have a funny sign off. So, just check out all our other script content and visit our shop. Thanks. Bye. Oh, yeah.